Welcome back, Link Up Podcast. We're here with John Hodge. Uh, John, can you tell us a little about yourself? Sure. Uh, born and raised here in Memphis. Uh-huh. Um, just a uh, local entrepreneur yeah. who um, you know loves this city, loves people, and I'm uh, just happy to be here. Okay. I think this is going to be a little Memphis-heavy podcast this time. Um, can you tell us what you think about the new developments happening here? Sure. So uh, there's a range of them. Um, the cool thing is, is that I, I am seeing it not just in so concentrated areas. Mm-hmm. Um, you're, you know, you've got anywhere from the Fraser area by the airport. Uh, it's getting money downtown, midtown, East yeah. Memphis. I don't really know of an area that's not getting, um, you know, redevelopment uh, in some way, form or fashion. That's awesome. Um, so what do you do exactly? What are your businesses? Sure. So, um, I have got a couple different businesses. Uh, one of them is going to be front street deli, okay. uh, downtown oldest deli in Memphis. Um, I also have a construction company called contracting solutions. Um, we rehab, um, apartment complexes all throughout the city. Okay. And, um, I've got a, used to be in the, uh, exotic car rental business. Yeah, um, that was fancy on Facebook. Seeing all that stuff, man. It I was, was like, man, this is what is this guy doing? It was pretty fancy. El Chapo. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, had that. Um, I uh, own some apartments in Midtown. Okay. And uh, got some uh, rental properties, um, just kind of scattered throughout the city. And then I'm also uh, pretty heavy in the uh, Airbnb market. Really. For uh, downtown Memphis. Okay. Yeah, I know you and I have talked about that off air before. How did you get involved in Airbnb? Well, um, I uh, ended up buying a property downtown that I knew. Hey, this is a this is a good deal. Mm-hmm. I feel like this is this is a good purchase. Didn't know what I was really doing. Yeah. Um, other than I I could buy it. Yeah. So um, then it got to a point where I was like, great, got my got my crash pad, got everything set up. I'm feeling good and. Um, then I had some friends who um, were in the uh, business of Airbnb. Mm-hmm. Um, I followed them. I talked with them, met with them, studied everything they were they were doing, and you know realized that at that time you didn't really have to be good to be great at that business. Okay, and so um, started to um, get it set up, put it out there, and. Uh, started in the you know tried it out phase and uh it just took off and i got a few friends to join me in that Mm -hmm. and um we have just kind of built a business about uh around it that's awesome friend um that you're talking about is it um scandor or how do you say his name sardor sardor Sardor. sorry about that buddy yeah (laughs) um yeah i mean he's a cool guy he's got a really fucking cool story too yeah his family story is is really cool yeah, I, he was telling me I didn't believe him, and then you told me I was like, "Yeah, man, it's true, man. His dad really is was," and I was like, "Dang, that's crazy, yeah. man." And he's got, uh, you know, he's he's always he's pretty humble. He's down to earth. Talk to you about anything, yeah. and he's really on some uh, a lot of. He's always on the cutting edge stuff. So okay. I try to follow him and then be just a few steps behind him because uh, he's definitely out there uh, doing a lot. Uh, you know, cooler stuff. Yeah. Than, than, uh, I was on, I was on, uh, 
Airbnb like two years ago or three years ago looking for an Airbnb for a friend that was coming in town. And I saw his picture. It said contact host and I clicked it. I was like, holy shit. That's Hodge's buddy. You yep. know, I was like, that's his really good friend. And I was like, and, he, and then I started looking at more Airbnbs and his picture was everywhere. I was like, this guy owns like 20. Jesus, I've looked at 10, 50 and is there he owns a, them. Is there a cap on how many you can have? Nope. That's awesome. Man. Sky's the limit. Really? Uh, they really, um, they really do a great job of getting you set up to um, uh, just buying into their infrastructure. Okay. So they bring the uh, sales force of, they bring people to your listing. Okay. They show you, basically put it in where you provide your pictures, you look at these captions on how to like uh, describe your place, and then they handle the transaction stuff. So if you think about, you know, a business, uh, whenever you're getting things going, there's so many different things that you got to like figure out how to do. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, when sales is good, then you don't have your back office going so well and vice versa. And it's just a lot to put together. Yeah. Uh, Airbnb really just, you know, for one thing, uh, tapped into the mobile market okay, uh, and tapped into what millennials were looking for. Yeah. But then also just provided thing, uh, you know, a base of saying, hey, we're going to create the platform. We're going to show you where to plug your things in. Mm-hmm. And then. The rest is just collecting money, really? running, running just it's a kind of like they give you a template and you just added what you wanted, where you wanted, and you said it. Yep. What do you think about the people um, that list an Airbnb like in a certain location and it's nowhere near there? Because it, do you feel like, man, fuck, you're making us look bad because you know, like, because we got this in Atlanta, we stay, we rented one, and like you had a house that was nice, and then like five, six houses that were bad. And then the person said, minutes away from um, Turner okay. Field and, you know, sure. all that stuff downtown, it wasn't no fucking minutes away. It was like a good 30 minutes away. Right. And like, you right. know. Well, like, I would say that um, knowing how to decipher and how to read that, um, Airbnb has a set uh, way in which whenever you put in your address there, it'll let you hover a marker that has a green circle around it. Okay. So... Some folks look at it as like, hey, if my house is within that green circle, I got I am oh, I am qualified. So sense. that is oh. what you need to be looking for yeah, there. I got you. Um, and I think that uh, people do it for many different reasons. Uh, if they needed to kind of, you know, if there's a heavy concentration of units in that area and you want to say, well, I need to separate myself from this competition, mm-hmm. you move your marker a little bit. Uh, you can do it. You can do it one time and at the very beginning and very beginning only okay. of your listing. And maybe you separate yourself just a little bit. Yeah. Once a conversation's getting started or when they're looking into your listing, mm-hmm. they hopefully get a good sense of where your place actually is. Okay. Keying in on those reviews, um, I think that our our biggest rave, our biggest compliment is our location. Mm. Um, I think that that will always be, you know, a uh, something on the forefront for me uh, as an investment tool that I don't want to veer from location okay. being a, being a strong. But everybody's got different components. Yeah. So are most of yours in the heart of downtown? Yeah, they are. They're in South Main. Okay. Um, they are on a single block. Oh. Okay. And um, you know it it consolidates. Um, all my, you know, uh, essentially contractors all to a, a single area I where you. I can handle any kind of repairs, construction needs. Yeah. I can handle any of my cleanings, that kind of thing. Any emergencies that happen there, it's all kind of, uh, concentrated. Um, let's say that a unit goes down. Well, if you've got, 
you know, one unit and your unit's down, mm-hmm. you don't really have an option for um, how to relocate somebody or that kind of thing. Okay. This allows me to switch somebody around or flip this, flip that. Um, it's a lot of a lot of options there that we have. Really? Have you uh, ever dealt with any of those really bad horror stories you see on like Facebook or the internet about like, people just fucking your place up completely? On the like way, trash, you know. On the way over here, I was really just thinking through mm-hmm. um, a lot of the stories. Some stuff you just—I mean, it, it is just crazy to believe. Yeah. Um, and this is not just hey, somebody told me about this, which there's plenty of those. There's, uh-huh. some, there's some really good ones online. Uh, but these are ones that have actually happened to really? us. So, um, you know, one of the things that uh, that we had happen, uh, I guess it was last year, is, you know, I've got a four-story that uh, has got a pool table in there. Oh, wow. Deck that looks over downtown. Uh, it's a great spot to hold, you know, eight or ten folks there. Nice. So, um, last... Um, I believe it was last Labor Day. Mm-hmm. Um, had a guy, uh, you know, we only have our issues really with locals. Uh, that, <laughs> that's, uh, unfortunately, that's, uh, you know, Memphis finest uh, getting getting involved yeah. with uh, Airbnb. We really have to screen for that. Mm-hmm. We have to vet what's your purpose here. Yeah. Um, so a gentleman uh, booked the place last minute. I didn't think anything of it Sunday night. But then realized uh, very quickly that the, this is a holiday weekend. Mm. So, um, you know, go through the vetting process, didn't feel comfortable. And, um, you know, stories just weren't adding up mm-hmm. uh, for what he was. Because we do check in things of social media profiles, uh, any kind of like advertising for any kind of parties, that kind of stuff. Okay. Um, myself and my crew, we we look for that stuff. We yeah. have to. Um so we canceled a stay. Mm, okay. Um, Airbnb backed us on this. Not a problem. And uh, in fact, I uh, just took the unit offline for the night. Mm-hmm. Just I didn't want to deal with it. Yeah. I didn't want to have to go through that again. And um, sure enough, uh, we get there the next day, and the place is completely trashed. Uh, TV stolen. What? Uh, stuff just uh, run amok over there. What had happened is on an instant book, Airbnb releases the check-in details oh, to that okay. person there. So they were able to take that uh, information, yeah. collect it all, and access themselves to that house. Wow. They knew nobody was going to be staying there. Yeah. We took it all offline. Damn, um, that's crazy. So uh, for our big places, we have cameras there now. That's insane. Yep. So their whole purpose, you think, was just to steal shit? Uh, I think that's what it became. Uh, or they were just mad that you canceled it or something? Maybe so. Mm. Maybe so. That's unfortunate. Mm, that's really interesting. Silly Goose has got a new TV like six <laughs> months ago. Daniel, what are you doing, buddy? No, I'm just kidding. Oh, man. That's fucked up, man. So you had to pay for all that out of your own pocket? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Wow. And, and uh, you know, it's, it's one of those things where... Um, can we cry about it? Sure. We yeah. can cry about it. We can have this thing. We can, you know, we can feel wronged and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. But it's a, it's how much time am I going to devote to dealing with the situation? Yeah. I'm thankful that it was just a TV. Yeah. TV, yeah. TV is pretty cheap right yeah. now. Um, we had the cleaning up and, and all that kind of stuff there. Um, I got the camera system um, installed mm-hmm. and this was a cheap lesson for me. Yeah. So 
uh, I'm actually kind of thankful for the situation. Like a blessing in disguise yeah, type thing. Yeah. Uh, yeah. There, there could have been a lot worse. Yeah. Could have been a lot Do you worse. guys have like insurance and stuff? I mean, obviously you have insurance on the home. Yeah, so you would. Never mind. Them sure. Questions. Well, no. It, and it's actually understanding how that insurance works. You know, Airbnb has their uh, host, quote, host guarantee, which, uh-huh. um, you know, uh, I, I would I would question how much has actually been, uh, you know, kind of kind of – claimed and rewarded on that host guarantee mm-hmm. um the other layer that you have as an individual is a short-term rental uh policy um a lot of folks out there that are um trying out airbnb running airbnb don't realize that hey if i got a rental pro- policy i'm covered right well you're actually not covered oh, okay. uh, you won't you won't realize that until something happens you need it <laughs> damn insurance always wins right? they may pay you out Hundred thousand dollars, but they still got ten thousand. You know, a bunch more money from you. Yeah, over yeah. twenty years. Um, that's crazy, man. So, when you were doing the car stuff, how did you get into that? Yeah, so um, I had been. Um, I, I'm obsessed with cars. Okay, just love them. Uh, love being around them, and uh, it always been just kind of a um, favorite pastime for me. Okay. Um, so I had uh, watched a company. Um local rental company in Nashville, kind of at the semi-beginning stages of that, watch them through the years, mm-hmm. talk with the owners about it, and um, just kind of watch that develop there. And I uh, ended up getting a connection with them, and you know, they talked to me about an ownership program in okay. which you know we're, we get the cars, we float the note, it, they rent it out. They run the business side of it, and we get a return on that, essentially. What was the first car you got? So, first car I got was a 2016 uh, Lamborghini Huracan. Oh, wow. Is that the red one? That is the red one. I, fucking was, I was like, man, <laughs> what what did I do wrong? I was, his, I was his boy. I was his bouncer for all those years hanging out at the club, man. Oh, man. So, you got that through Nashville? <laughs> uh, yeah. So, um, got connected with a... Um, you know that was that was the other cool thing that we, we kind of got out of it uh, was getting connected with some um, folks that you just don't get a chance to connect with mm. uh, all the time. It's it's a different it's a wild arena. Um, that um, when I buy the when I bought this car at this time I had never set in or driven a Lamborghini. Jesus. And the way that, that a lot of these exotics work is, you know, you go through a broker who is essentially um, vouched for by other uh, guys who buy exotic cars mm-hmm. because they're not going to their local shop and saying, what do you got, you know, in the back there? Yeah. They're buying these and trading these all online. Okay. So um, I buy this thing sight unseen, mm-hmm. um, $205,000. Wow. Before tax. And, um, <laughs> Jesus, man, that's a lot of money. It is a lot of money. <laughs> and you buy it sight unseen. You arrange the shipping. And about a week later, it just shows up in your driveway. Wow. And uh, that was just a very, very weird experience. Yeah. Uh, if anybody's ever bought a car before, it's like, oh, okay, well, how long did you kick the tires for? Did you, did you work the salesman down? <laughs> yeah. You know, I think my dad would not be very proud of me on that one Yeah. Uh, for for you know, not going through the due diligence period, but uh, it turned out great. Uh, really? It was an awesome car. Um, had a whopping, it was a, you know, a used vehicle. Mm-hmm. Had a whopping 236, uh, 236 miles on it. Wow. And, Jesus, man. Uh, you know, it's it's been a, uh, 
it was a interesting experience. So do most people that own those cars just, just happen to have them? They don't really just drive around like a daily driver? It's a mix. There's, there's no kind of like um, rhyme or reason. I know some guys that drive exotics mm-hmm. every day. Really? I know some guys that, uh, you know, they're just kind of trophy pieces. They're either uh, sitting there waiting on appreciation or they'll sit there and uh, just have buy, sell, trade, all that kind of thing. Okay. I really think that Eubank bought that 65 uh, Mustang mm-hmm. um, for like sit on it for a little while and then sell it and then buy something better and bigger. I think that's what he's going to do with it. Do you know Chris Eubank? Uh, I, I know of him. <clears throat> oh, okay. Or Shy. God, man, I can't even say that right. I, I see his work in, uh, in Nashville. Yeah, they're uh, doing some stuff. Him and yeah, Jeff. Jeff, Jeff yeah. Yeah, 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 okay. yeah. So I know Jeff uh, pretty well and have watched him. Uh, yeah, he actually uh, bought some uh, rims for his Ferrari from me oh, okay. uh, not too long ago and been watching his uh, builds in Nashville. And another uh, Airbnb friend of mine, uh, Andy, ended up buying uh, a house that Jeff lived in. So it's kind of just been... Oh, it's a small world. Yeah. Because they built three, right? They built one for Jeff, one for Chris, and then the third one they're running out as an Airbnb. And then now I heard they're doing another set of Airbnb somewhere or something like that. But this is I saw it on the Snapchat the other day or oh, okay. or, st- or Instagram stories, one of the two. And like it was, you know, the ones currently are in East Nashville. So I don't know what the, I don't know the size of Nashville, but you could see. It, and then they were looking. And then you know Armand, his boy Armand, is buying a bunch of shit too. Like I saw on Snapchat and stuff like that. I'm just like, damn man, everyone's buying shit everywhere. You're in Memphis, you're in Nashville now. Is it like that in a lot of cities, or are we just ex- this area just experiencing a really big boom right now? I think it's both. Uh, I really do think it's both. Um, the biggest thing is that, uh, and, and you know, people don't uh, people that get involved in the hype they don't like think about this. But uh, your biggest factors are the banks lending. Mm-hmm. That's what it's. That's what it's coming down to. Are the banks lending? If the banks are lending, people are taking the risk. People are making the investments. People are doing the stuff. When banks start to seize up, that's when that's going to slow down. Times are tough. Sure. Yeah. Sure. Because Armand said that on his Instagram that his bank called him to go take a look at a house because they want to give him more money because, you know, on those loans they have out with them, they're making that interest. So, you know, why not? You know, like, yep. hey, yeah, we want to go look at this house. I have gotten, um, you know, I I, uh, I was looking at some Airbnbs in Nashville and uh, it was a... Uh, we were looking to do like a it's like four and a half million dollar purchase oh, on um, about uh, ten units there, and the um, broker who had uh, I'd been discussing it all with, you know, started giving me these bank terms, and we're spitting it off, going back and forth, and I was just like, you know, talking to my partner after the phone call, I was like, man, this guy is just bullshit. I was like, there's no way that they're making these yeah. these uh, these loans, those rates, all that kind of stuff there. And sure enough, after we vetted this stuff and got the bankers on the phone, they confirmed it. Really? And so uh, it was really just kind of an eye-opening experience of like, okay, if it's if a local market market is just hot, mm-hmm. um, banks are willing to do a little bit more for you. Wow. And so, getting those relationships and getting those things started and finding out what the what the marketplace will bear uh, can you know prove to make you thousands of dollars, if not hundreds of thousands of dollars. So, what was your first property you got or started with? Sure. So uh, it was actually right around the corner from here. Oh, really? Uh, it's a wing. It's up on a street called Wingdale. Okay. And uh, went to three eight one one seven, and uh, got that with a uh, friend of mine. And, um, 
you know, we bought it for 75 grand and mm-hmm. essentially put in 25,000 into it. We were planning on selling it. The market just wasn't, wasn't really strong enough at that time, mm-hmm. um, for that house. And so, uh, he wanted to exit and go do something else with it. And, um, so I took over that house in full and just started renting it out. Really? And so it's been an awesome investment and that was in 2016. Do you still have that house? Still have that house. Really? It's a great, great cash flow yeah. property. And I don't think too much on it. Uh, people take good care of it. I have not had a single month of vacancy uh, with that house uh, since 2016. That's amazing. That's good. Yeah. Yeah, that's that awesome. really awesome. Yeah. That's like this place. We've been here since 2017. Yeah. And I asked the guy that owns this house because I'm uh, the landlord. I asked him to ask the guy that owned the house. To let me buy it that way, you know, and that way I'm not paying rent anymore for the house because I like the house. And, you know, I'm, and he was like, man, he ain't going to sell this house to you, man. I'm just being honest. Yeah. When you guys move out, if you guys move out, there's going to be another pair of people coming or a family or, yeah. or a you know, he even said pilot, you know, because like the area is just too good, man. Like, and I was like, yeah, okay. Mo- most of my uh, renters have actually found my next tenant. Oh, and really? so, uh, you know, it's a huge, uh, you know, there's a lot of upside to that of not having to, okay, let's see what the damages are. Let's mm-hmm. put it on the market, start to show it. I, I just, it's it's hard to find a lot of time to do all that. Did you do all the um, rental work in that place yourself? Yeah, yeah. So, um, you know, my, my company came in there and we, you know, essentially uh, gutted it and uh, did a full, didn't do any big remodel uh piece mm-hmm. of it but mm-hmm. we um everything's new in there okay or at least was at the time yeah so so did you start out in construction yeah so that's that's where i've been um since uh i've had my company since 2011 okay and uh in construction and we used to be scattered around uh residential commercial and multifamily mm-hmm. uh and now we are just 100 percent multifamily okay. so we are um uh, we've got renovations going from the airport area to fraser raleigh uh east memphis and um a lot of these apartment complexes you read about in the papers there okay uh, we're uh, either involved or have been involved on uh, some of those because don't you have a place off mclean so um, I've got I own some apartments off of uh, Cleveland. Okay. Yeah, off of Cleveland there. Okay. Um, two two sets, a uh, thirty six unit complex uh, and a thirty four unit complex, wow. and um, those are uh, some awesome just midtown properties. Yeah. Those are the ones with the like the green like the grass in the front, right? Yeah. And the little fountain yep. in the middle. Yes. Yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. Yep. Yeah. And uh, right next to uh, Printer's Alley. I'm sure you guys. Oh, okay. have, I'm sure oh, you, you guys have been two? there. Yeah. yeah I'm sure. Oh man! Shout out to my boy McVeigh. Can't wait to be back open, baby. Yeah, I'm sure you guys have been there a time or two. Oh god, man! <laughs> More so him. Not, not going to say nighttime, daytime. Uh, it, it just all like you said it blends it together. Just right? Blends together, man. It's, it's, you know, sometimes you get there at four at five in the morning and you leave at five in the afternoon. You know, you just, oh, and the sun is beating down your face. But it was fun. Can't talk shit because you're doing everything that everyone else is doing in there. So you know, it's like what it is, what it is. Wow. Um, so are you done with the cars completely or do you uh, think you might bring it back eventually? Man, uh, <laughs> my wife would kill me right now. Um, uh, <laughs> she does not want to hear any hesitation in my voice. Uh, so, <laughs> well, especially, you know, uh, given the fact that, uh, 
not all, not all of them made it out of the shop yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think that it's done, but um, it's done in my mind. Yeah. Uh, so, what's the most you ever had at one time? Uh, vehicles wise. Yeah. Um. So exotics. Um. I had a uh, Ferrari four five eight, a Lamborghini Huracan, okay. and a Rolls Royce Ghost. Wow. How much is a Rolls Royce? Uh, the Rolls Royce was uh, at that time one hundred and thirty five thousand. That's a lot of money for a vehicle. That's a cheap man. It's a That's house. a cheap one. <laughs> it's, a house. it's like this house or that house or you know, the, the house, house you just talked about. The house about. you just bought. It's <laughs> renting out. I mean, shit. Oh, yep, man. man. So, is it a big market for that in Nashville? Um, man, it it was. I mean, it, it, we were making. I was making crazy amounts of money. Yeah, when. It was up and going, and it's all good. Yeah. Um, the the problem, and uh, you know, can get you guys some links to this. Uh, it it was on uh, Vin Wiki. Okay. I've done a couple stories on the uh, stolen Lamborghini and oh, okay. uh, vehicle crashes. Once once we get uh, to a certain point, I'll be able to unveil um, all the pitfalls of you. that uh, okay. of that business there. Yeah. And um, you know, I I love the the thought. And the, you know, have a passion for that kind of business. Mm-hmm. But uh, unfortunately, uh, unless you've got some real money or stake on the line when you're renting those out, yeah, uh, you're just going to say, you know, you'll, you'll rent it to whoever. Mm. And uh, unfortunately, that, that was the uh, downfall of it. Um, you know, the first time that the, uh, the Lamborghini was rented out, um, it was uh, actually rented out to uh, Young Buck. Who's that? Is that uh, a rapper or something? Mm-hmm. I'm assuming it's a rapper. <laughs> <laughs> Just assume, man. You think he was talking oh, you, about you a know, young you, child? Yeah. Hey, that young buck. Oh wait, is that the guy that used to be with Fifty Cent? Yeah. Uh, well, actually, yes. Okay. And, and you know they've been quote beefing. Yeah. Uh, online there. Okay. Uh, for quite some time. Um, He's from Nashville, right? Is that right? He lives in Nashville now. Okay. Um, okay. But uh, he had taken the vehicle out, and. Um, you know, essentially uh, wrecked it first time that it goes out. Wow. Man. Yeah. So, um, and and that that whole piece was, it was sticky, uh, to say the least. Uh, they ended up uh, getting the damages covered there, uh, not out of my, my pocket, but um, it was not a uh, clean cut scenario. Really? Um, you know, it was... Uh, essentially somebody with a trailer hitch had just backed right into the, uh, right into the centerpiece of the front and... But don't worry, $21,000 later, you're, you're as good as new. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus, so insane, man. man. I remember, uh, what is it, Eddie Griffin was driving, um, uh, it was one of those, it was some kind of Ferrari. Ferrari Enzo. Yeah, and he wrecked it. Sure. And it's just like, man, <laughs> that's What's a big, with, wasn't that like a well, million dollar car too? Yeah, and, well, and the biggest question is, okay, so there's a few few things that you need to understand about these these insurance policies and how they work and everything. I believe, if I'm not mistaken, that was on a uh, racetrack. Okay. Okay, so uh, things change and things are a little different on a racetrack as opposed to a, um, you know, a, a street. Yeah. And so... Um, I would uh, surely they took out a policy for okay. that uh, scenario and situation, but you would buy that insurance separate. Okay. Um, any rookie in that business there may just think, "Well, I've got insurance on this, right? I'm covered." <laughs> well, you learned the hard way. Yeah. Because I know, like, uh, it was somebody. I, I think it was one of the people in somebody in was it Arkansas? They had a Bugatti that they ran into 
like some water or something like do you Texas. remember hearing that oh Texas. okay it was a texas yeah and it's just like what do you do with that yeah uh, so you just got to salvage the car, I would imagine. It's like that's a million dollars down the drain. So um, I actually uh, have a a friend of a friend yeah. who uh, knew the guy <laughs> and uh, knew that situation, uh, and we had some we had some interesting discussions about it. Uh, I'm not sure what I, what I, what I'd be able to divulge, yeah. but uh, maybe on a later podcast, okay. I can get the uh, full story on that. What about? Uh, Tracy Morgan driving all these fancy cars and wrecking them in. Like he's had two really bad wrecks now in these exotic cars. Oh, I did hear about like he had a Bugatti or something. Just he just recently done. he was in the hospital for a while, long ass time. I saw it on the Rock's Instagram that you know t- prayers to uh, not Tracy Morgan, Kevin Hart. Sorry, oh, okay, Kevin right Hart. Right. My bad, my bad, Kevin Hart. And like I was like, dang man, maybe you don't need to be driving those. Get a Prius or something, bro. <laughs> like. I don't, I don't know. know if people realize the power of most of those vehicles when they first get into it. Yeah, yeah, and and that's where um, you can kind of get in trouble. Yeah. Uh, with them, um, and and there's a lot of things that play into it. You go into a uh, exotic vehicle that's got, um, you know, the different stability controls and mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff, new tires, um, different suspensions. It yeah. all kind of plays into it, and then you hop into another vehicle that maybe the tires are worn down a little bit. Well, when you've got that much horsepower and that much torque into those uh, kind of cars, uh, it, it, you can slip pretty easily. Yeah. Um, I saw something, I think it was on Joe Rogan. Uh, they were talking about some Porsche, and I guess they're back heavy. Huh? And like, I guess you go around a corner, if you don't handle it right, it'll like just hit something. Yep, yep. Damn. Yeah, it's a lot of power, man. Sure. For the average person. Like, uh, you should take a course, I would imagine, especially if you're going to spend that kind of money on a vehicle. Well, um, you know, and, and given my story here, you can buy a Lamborghini without ever <laughs> that big foot in one. Yeah. Which is just that crazy. is true. Yeah. Hey, I'll, I'll take, I'll take the uh, one. Look at the DuPont registry magazine. Mm, yeah. Hello. I'll yeah. take the red one. Number B. Thanks. So you what know, was the B. average cost to rent a vehicle? So, um, typical one day rentals, uh, in the, uh, Class categories that I had uh, were about uh, twelve fifty to fifteen hundred dollars um, for twenty four hour period. Okay, it got you a hundred miles or so. Okay, and um, you know the uh, focus was not really on hey, let's just be real rigid on fitting you fitting somebody into a box. Mm-hmm. We want them to have a great time with it. We want them to have, uh, but not too great of a time. Yeah, uh, <laughs> that can. We, we, we do keep uh, tra- uh, tracers and trackers on those vehicles okay. at all times, uh, yeah. multiple on uh, some of them. Really? Um, yeah. We, we, we Again, I'll uh, get you the guys the link for the uh, Vin Wiki story <laughs> where you can see uh, exactly how Crazy, this vehicle was uh, halfway torn apart, <sighs> uh, taking out uh, the uh, vehicle trackers and whatnot. That is insane. Yep. Um, so what do you think about the Highland Road? Or not, I'm sorry, Union Road stuff. Um, so I've been uh, following that uh, just a little bit. Um, I was happy to see that construction is actually, um, you know, starting. Mm-hmm. Uh, and how many times have we seen um, awesome developments and these cool renderings and nothing, and happens. nothing happens? Yeah. It's, it's, it, I mean, for a while it was just a Memphis thing, uh, <laughs> yeah, to do so that. Who yeah. is, who is the people bringing that or the person or the bank or whatever? Who's that? So like? I believe Kevin Adams is, uh, heading up that deal. Um, who is that? He was a, um, 
I, I don't know if he's still with CBRE, but I know that he was uh, okay. at one time kind of running that. And, um, you know, there's a lot of folks involved um, that are doing some, something of that nature or, or something similar to the downtown area. Mm-hmm. I mean, downtown's going to look totally different in 10 years, man. Yeah. Especially with the Pinch District one, sure. Uh, you were just telling me about with, uh, yeah. Tom, Tom Intrader is making uh, you know quite a splash in the Memphis market there, um, and uh, really putting some heavy money on uh, the abilities of not just South Main area, mm-hmm. but Pinch and other parts of uh, other parts of Memphis. So that's good. What to is see. it that Thacker told us about the Edge? Oh, the edge, the edge district, yeah. yeah, that's what like when six one six and stuff used to be, yeah. right? Yep. Yeah, and that's uh, you know we just had a couple of weeks ago a uh, a redevelopment uh, happening there with that uh, place on Marshall getting sold. Really, there is uh, there's actually a a project that we're eyeing right now that would be a super unique, one of a kind um, for the uh, edge district. Just got to see wow. if uh, we're going to be, be awesome, following dude. through with it. Yeah, I, I really like what we're seeing there, and that's that's where you know you, you think about driving down that area mm-hmm. ten years ago. Yeah, shit. <laughs> well, I always remember telling people like, even I remember when I was growing up, we'd go down to Ernsties and Hazels, yep. and that was the only that thing was over it. there. Yeah, like, was, everything else was like parking lots and yeah. real sketchy. You had the arcade, you know? Ernsties and Hazels, and everything next to it was just empty, nothing. It was just not like shit where Max is at. Well, that wasn't there. Yeah, none of that stuff. None of that, there. man. Yeah. Um. What do you think about the stuff people are talking about doing at the park downtown, Tomley Park? Um, man, I, it, it seems to be a pretty heated uh, debate on both sides of it. Do you uh, think that will affect your business if they have to move the fair, a festival somewhere else? Yes. Yeah. The, the short answer is yes. Yeah. Um, not only with uh, the deli, which is uh, the last stop for beer, uh-huh. essentially, uh, before you get to the park. Um, oh, I didn't know they sold beer there. Yeah. Yeah, we sell beer there. I, think about I don't think that I've ever been as you walk, before, you park actually. there and you walk down this way and you just go on Riverside and to the entrance. Really? I didn't even think about that coming that way. Sure. I was thinking of Beale the whole time. But And they use it for a uh, Uber Lyft um, kind of area pickup. It, okay. It's a little bit out of the way. Yeah. Uh, a little bit easier to kind of navigate there. It's probably like $10 cheaper walking half a block the way your place is and then instead of where, where you were to rent the Uber, you know, like... It's crazy. Yeah, I don't know about the whole festival. I mean, I love that they're trying to do stuff down there, sure. but I think it's great that they have that festival that everybody knows to come downtown yeah. Memphis. And you go to Bill Street, sure. you know, all and, the other And that's stuff. a big, you know, as much as people, uh, you know, are thinking, well, maybe we'd be cool to try it here or try it there. You know, there's a lot of businesses down there mm-hmm. that simply depend on that, that weekend. one month. Yeah, uh, yeah. to kind of make that um, – make that happen for their year yeah. and to kind of pull that out. Um, I think that it's just got, it's just got some ramifications that I just think that everybody needs to be considering and looking at. There's a lot of sacrifices that the downtown area deals with during the winter time, during the cold months, mm-hmm. um, you know, that people may just not be aware of. Yeah. You know, I remember when I worked downtown, the, when they would hire servers and stuff like at 152 or Alfred's and stuff like that. And then this is like, say, springtime, like next month, right? They're like, hey, if you're here in December, make sure, we're just telling you, make sure you save your money from now and then. Save money because when, Dece- when after Labor Day, there ain't going to be shit happening on the street till March. Yep. And it's like, it's just dead, you know, but like we know bars that we go to that are busy, but they're not as busy because of the season. But like, 
like on Beale Street, like, you know, BB King is always going to be busy because of tourists and stuff like that. But I'm so we're talking like Alfred's and when 152 was open, those places had really no business when it wasn't, it was off season. Sure. You know? Sure. I mean, just slow, man. Like slow as fuck. Like we had like, there would be like 10 servers working and like a hundred customers. Ain't nobody making money. So the, the servers would just start cutting themselves and they would take turns doing that. And then you, if you parked in the garage, that was $10 you just paid and you'd even make $10. So you lost money working today. Right. You know, yeah. and you drove right. and your gas and you were into your car. So it's tough, man. Yeah. What do you think about the shape of Bill Street? Um, do you think you're like missing an opportunity? I think that there is, um, there's plenty of people that come down here and they, they tour it. They mm-hmm. want to see it and everything. Yeah. Um, I think that, you know, we've got to be able to hit the months that we're talking about here mm-hmm. with our locals. Yeah. And whether that be through festivals or whether that be through whatever events and things, we've got to get people, more people to that area. Yeah. Um, and I think that, you know, you look at you look at uh, Broadway mm-hmm. uh, in Nashville, yeah, uh, and think about how that was ten years ago, yeah. and how it is now, yeah. Um, wouldn't it be awesome to have just even a fraction of that, yeah, on on Beale Street? Mm-hmm. But because I know even they're like building on top, sure. Because a lot of them were low, kind of like Beale Street is, and now they're building up. Because yep. like, what is it? Luke Bryant has a place, uh, or Kid Rock, Luke Bryant for yeah. Georgia Line. All those bars owned by the country people, country singers, or yeah. bands, or whatever. Like Tony said, they're building up, and when they're building up, it's like four or five stories up. They're beautiful places. And you know, yeah. like you've been there. I'm sure yep. you know. I know yep. you've been there. Like, and you walking up the stairs, man. You sometimes you're tired walking all the way the fuck up there. You're like, what the fuck? Well, We're on the fifth floor, there's no elevator. Well, it's it's a uh, it's really a telling sign when you know you can go to a five story bar, mm-hmm. and it's like, all right, we'll just peek our head in here. I bet this level's dead. And it's not. It's and busy, like, and every right, fucking cool. floor and every bar is busy. Yeah, you just, yeah. yeah. It's fucking crazy. Yeah, we went there. We haven't been in a while, but last time we were there, you know, obviously we hung on Broadway. But every bar we walked to, even like the bars like off of the main on the road Broadway, like you know the side ones, sure, they're busy too. Right, and everyone is fucking busy. You walk in on Saturday night, it's busy as fuck. Yeah. You know, like what was the turning point? Do you think for Nashville? Um. Man, I I think just country became cool. Really, I, I really uh, it had a, it had a few different factors there. You you had um, I think a lot of star power mm-hmm. that was coming in there. You had um, you know there was obviously going to be some governmental stuff that yeah. was happening, some incentives that kind of thing. But uh, you know you you saw these houses here, and a lot of people got in on uh, it in many different levels, and are still getting in on mm-hmm. uh, the investment side of things. Of yeah, you know. I, bought my house here and paid three hundred thousand dollars for it it's worth half a million dollars right yeah now. and it's and it's just kind of crazy mm-hmm. um but it continues to uh to kind of go that that route um nashville really capitalized on this bull market mm-hmm. that we've been uh, experiencing here yeah i think um i'm glad memphis is finally catching up a little bit to that like as far as the development stuff, because for a while we were just kind of like the stepchild to nashville sure yeah. and everybody was leaving here that's like I always talk shit about Nashville, but it's more about the people that leave here and go there and right. then talk shit about Memphis. You know, it's, yeah. it's like when you're from here. Why do you <laughs> gotta hate, man? Like Yeah. You and know. and I don't hear as much of that anymore. Yeah. Um, you know, it seems like that uh you know, and I guess I'm not a, not out quite as much. Yeah. But um, you know, I have some people that 
I interact with, uh, even on the Airbnb stuff, that they just love Memphis. Yeah. And they love the the um, genuineness that we have here. And so that's kind of, that's kind of a testament to uh, Memphis that I think that uh, Nashville's maybe getting a little tired of is, yeah. is the um, – Genuine. You know, it's like when you first got on, when we first started, you saying how much you love Memphis and all this, and then say you would move. You're not going to shit on Memphis when sure. you, if you ever move, but right. there's people, oh, fuck Memphis. I lived there for 19 years, and not shit happened there, and I got this, and I had this. Okay, motherfucker, you're not going to come back. And then you see them back like six months later, you know, all those people that say they're moving away and stuff like that. And yeah. it's like, dude, it's not the city. It's you, motherfucker. Your bitch ass is going to be a bitch ass in Nashville. Your bitch ass is going to be a bitch ass in Austin. It's you. It's your mindset, not the people. I think it's uh, it's like who you're friends with, too. If you're around a bunch of shitty people, and you're going to think the place is shit. You can sure. live in Hawaii and be sure. miserable. Sure. So it really is who you surround yourself with. We have a friend. I forget where she lives, and she didn't like it out there, and it's beautiful as fuck out there, and everyone's having fun, and... But now she likes it because she's been there longer. I guess she's making more friends and stuff. Yep. But at first, she was like, this sucks out here. Right. Where was she living? Oh, uh, you talking about Santa Cruz? Oh, yeah, yeah. So I was like, you know, it's got to be nice. Like, we were just in LA. I don't know how far that is, but, you know, it's, it's kind of by San Francisco. Oh, okay. But, you know, it's California. It's right. nice. You know, it's it's nice. And she didn't like it. And now she loves it. And, you know, but I don't know. What do you think about the, um, the Lake District? Um, I'm un- unfamiliar with it. You know, over there in Lakeland, uh, where the Bell uh, Mall used to be. Yeah, I, that, that's the name of it, right? Lake District. Or oh, I didn't know Lake, the name either. Lake, the, the big I know what you're talking that about. Doing. So I yeah. drove past it the other day, and you never, I never realized how big that fucking mall, mall was. You just see nothing but they leveled it all the way down. It's, it's just dirt now, dude. It's it just goes forever and ever and ever back. It just goes forever wide, ever deep. I'm like, God, sure. damn, that's gonna be huge, man. So what are they doing? They're redel- redeveloping it, and it's called the Lake District. So you're going to put like a fake lake out there, or no, there is like, a lake? It's going to be like a river, like a like a like you can canoe down in and stuff like that, and really? like paddleboard. There's going to be shops, going to be retail apartments. It's going to be mixed use, yep. dude. It's going to be fucking awesome. The only reason I even started hearing about it is because one of my accounts, Germantown Wine and Liquor, they um they have purchased the rights to be the liquor store. Cool. So they're the only the only liquor store in that whole thing. Yeah, so I also, he was telling I also about know it. somebody who's uh, getting in on. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's just one of those things that I was like, you know, I don't have the vision to see that, but somebody or some company, you know, we're going to buy that mall, it's broken, knock it down, and then build this and make all this money for the next rest of our lives and for our children's lives and stuff like that, you know, like. At least that's thing, what they tell the bank. Yeah, right. right. <laughs> but they just got funding to start building. Yeah. So they, I just saw that in the, in the paper the other day. So that's going to be pretty cool out there. I don't know. Man, there's like I said, there's so much going on right now. Didn't they say so, there's like eleven billion dollars worth of stuff going on in Memphis right now or something like that? Or maybe ten billion, like with all the different investments that are happening and it's a lot of money. Yeah. It's a lot be, of money. Yeah. So can you tell us about your restaurant? Sure. Um we are a, a huge three hundred square foot space. <laughs> Man, what that's that is front of house, back of house, kitchen, my friends. And um we are the oldest deli in Memphis. We've got uh, Tom Cruise themed sandwiches and salads. Okay, and um, you know we hopefully serve up uh, something you know some good sandwiches that Memphis would be proud of. 
How many days a week are you open? Six days a week. Six days. What do you yep. close on Sunday? I'm assuming. Closed on Sunday, um, Monday through Friday. We are seven a.m. to three p.m. and Saturday eight to three p.m. I okay. didn't even think about it. y'all do breakfast. We do. Breakfast. Damn, I didn't even think about that. Yep. So, what's your favorite sandwich there? Probably the Days of Thunder. Um, that's that's a uh, you know our take on essentially uh, an Italian with. Uh, you know, onions and banana peppers, and it's got our uh, roasted red pepper sauce, Italian dressing on there, fully loaded, and, uh, you know, we we steam all of our uh, sandwiches and or meats. So how did you get that business? Um, it was actually, I had wanted a deli uh, for some odd reason uh, for a long time, mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, I had a friend actually tag me on a post that announced that the front street deli was selling looking mm-hmm. for a new owner there. So, um, reached out to the owners and made a deal and the rest was history. How long have you had it now? Three years, three years, Damn. Yep, three years. Everything's like right at three years for you, right? <laughs> so what were you doing before these three years? What were you doing five years ago? Were you, man, like, were you one of those guys on the side of the road with a sign, man? I was take gr- my resume. <laughs> I was grinding be- before this. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, you know, it, uh, I, I know I've said it enough times in this podcast here, but it all comes down to the banking and yeah. can you get financed? And uh, 2016 was was a year of of locking in lots of nice. financing stuff. So, do you ever wind down, or are you always working on something? Man, that's a good question. Uh, they're off switch. You know how like a lot of people that are successful. You know like what what you got going on. They just mm-hmm. they just can't stop. And then the, you know their other other gets mad and this and you promised me this I, and that. I, I think that several of your uh, listeners here uh, are going to be just shaking their head and smiling a little bit. Uh, my off switch really doesn't happen. Yeah, uh, it's it's a constant for me, and and it's you know. Uh, uh, my mother always says, you know, your your greatest weakness or your greatest strength when taking an extreme is your greatest weakness. <laughs> and so that uh, that's pretty true for me yeah. here. Um, you know, it, it's it's hard to shut it off. It's hard to switch into uh, family mode. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've got two boys and uh, a little girl on the way. Yeah. Ooh, I saw that. Congratulations. Yeah. Thank man. you. Thank you. And, um, you know, the home life is uh, definitely important. Uh, making sure that you know you you take time to um, go on dates with your wife mm-hmm. and um, happy wife, do things happy with life. yeah happy happy wife tolerable life is that right <laughs> I guess that so, yeah. <laughs> so um, but yeah it's it's you know somebody throws a business thing my way doesn't matter where I'm at uh, you know I go straight into business mode with it. Now, do you think having a wife and kids has changed your idea of of trying to do more? Like, instead of just being like, okay, I'm only looking out for myself. There's other people I got to look out for now, so I need to do really as as seize the day type so, thing. So, uh, or have you always just been that way? Yeah, it it has on the uh, on the risk mitigation part. Okay. So, I don't. Um, after we got married uh, in uh, May of 2018. Mm-hmm. Um, I really started to, you just got to think a little bit further through some of these investments that Mm -hmm. you make and some of the risks that you take there. And it's not, um, you know, it's not as just completely on me or my my thoughts or my whims uh, anymore there. So uh, it's probably been a healthy balance for me uh, because there was, you know, 
a lot of times in which it's like, what was I thinking? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, does your wife ever tell you like, I don't like this idea kind of thing? Do you ever like ask her what she thinks about stuff like yeah, that? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, well, she gives me her opinion. Uh, <laughs> well, you're going to get that wrong. Whether, whether, <laughs> whether I ask for it or not. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, no, she's, she doesn't always, uh, she's a great listener and listens to, what all I've got going on for the day, for the week, for the month, uh, and just kind of what those goals are for the year. Um, for her, it is, um, it's not always, uh, what I put importance on. It's not always what, what she would put the importance on. Mm-hmm. And, and that kind of keeps me, uh, you know, uh, semi, uh, in the, on the road that I need to be, you know, kind of on yeah. there. Um, so it's a, it's a good balance for me. Uh, she doesn't, get numbers she doesn't really care about numbers mm-hmm. uh and that's um you know that's the great thing about her just make sure you bring the milk and bread home yeah that i told you two weeks ago to bring you know yeah like. i've seen a couple of pictures of your places do you guys do all the designing yourself or do you bring somebody in uh i do it all that's uh, awesome yeah. Man. yeah you got a good eye thank you thank you it's yeah. um yeah a lot of trial and error yeah i would say and you know it's it's never a, a you know everybody always asks me like oh you're done with the house you're done with the house well, no, I've got this project, this that project, and everything yeah. else. It's like, man, that's just like me, you know. I've got <laughs> projects too. I'm like, yeah, uh, it it'll uh, it'll never end. There um, went from a um, complete, I would just say, bachelor pad at, at my last place. That yeah, had you know jacuzzi jet tubs with lights in it and uh, oh, wow, two sixty inch screen TVs in the outdoor kitchen area. Uh, I mean, just. It was whatever I wanted to do yeah. at, at the time there. And now we're, you know, we're doing a lot more neutrals mm-hmm. and a lot more um, traditional family type stuff. I, got you. I get to uh, put my flair in there every once in a while. Yeah. So what would your uh, advice be for somebody that's trying to get into real estate? Man, um, start with one. Mm-hmm. Just start with one. Um, setting a goal of saying, I'm going to get... I want to just buy one house or I want to just do one deal, mm-hmm. getting that one just done, whatever it takes, make the mistakes, pay the, pay the price. That's your education there. Yeah. It's just, um, completely, you know, getting divulged in, in a situation. Real estate, in my opinion, has been for me forgiving enough to where those first few mistakes that you make there, um, really don't amount to, uh, a whole lot of, uh, money that you lose yeah um but it's just uh it's a it's a time thing you think it's like uh what they say it's like you're young enough to start again yeah absolutely it's like uh they talk about how kids fall down and they don't stop trying to get up you know sure. you just got to keep going you got to sure. keep going that's the thing about adults sometimes we're so afraid to take a risk and you never know if you take that risk it might be something so beautiful yeah and like oh. you said it could be that lesson you're talking about right. and then turn into something it's, beautiful. It's that's the education. Yeah. And you can cut it a lot of different ways. Um I've seen some guys who um you know I couldn't believe that they were buying this for this price. Mm-hmm. Sure enough, you know, you can't even you couldn't get that piece of real estate anymore for that price. Yeah. They've done really well on it. Yeah. I've seen it vice versa. Um but uh making a uh, stab at it and saying, you know what, I'm going to get up this week and I'm going to set these goals here of just getting into it um, and getting around. You know, you mentioned it earlier about folks that you're around, getting around people that are going to push you to do that. They're yeah. going to hold you to those goals there. Um, that's that's how to just get it done. Yeah. After I had my first one in 2016, by um, 2018, uh, so I had 
one single family home uh, in 2016 mm-hmm. purchased there, and that's all the real estate I had to my name other than the house that I owned. Yeah. Um, by 2018, um, had uh, 72 units of apartments. Wow. Had about uh, six rentals, uh, single family homes, and uh, had 10 uh, Airbnb condos um, downtown there. That's awesome. So it can happen really quick. That's very inspirational to people too. Because I think some people just think like, oh, you got to be like, come from this background to get stuff. And it's just like, you can be a normal person, work hard sure, and achieve shit. Sure. My thing is that I always keep on saying, well, I don't know how to do that kind of work. Like, I don't know how to re, I don't know how to go in and change this and do that. And, you know, and Tony's like, well, you're going to learn, just go in and do it. Yeah. You know, kind of thing. He says that a lot. And I'm like, well, I don't know. I don't, because, you know, I'm telling him, like, I can't even hang a fucking picture frame. You know, I can't even hang a picture or something. You know, like, he's like, you're not going to be able to do it unless you try it. You know? Yeah. So I mean, you what, to, you what if somebody it. came to you guys um, two years ago and said, oh, hey, you're going to start this podcast up and you're just going to do this podcast? It's like, well, your answer is, uh, I don't know how to do that. Right? Yeah. But right. Well, how did you do it now? I mean, look, you've got you a lot of followers now. got a lot of my subscribe. Th- my thing was... I, I talked to a buddy of mine about doing it for a while, and then that never came about. And so I just bought some equipment. Mm-hmm. And I knew if I if I bought the equipment, it would make me force me to have to learn to like Google shit and ask questions and stuff. It's like my first time going out of the country. I bought my ticket to Spain before I had a passport. Yep. Because yep. <laughs> I knew if I wasted that money, I'd be kicking myself. Yeah. So it's just. How much it's, was it like 500 bucks? It's like 600, 600 bucks, bucks. But it's like, it's just the, the thought of doing. It's more about doing than so talking. It's like a chain reaction. Because like a lot of people just talk about doing shit sure. and not actually putting it into action. Well, I think that uh, you know maybe the maybe the business that I need to start is just like a basically a a thirty minute call that I can just get you pumped up with of saying, <laughs> "All right, you're gonna do this. We're gonna get you out there. Yeah, don't care what it is. <laughs> yeah, and then after that call, you go ahead and make your move. I mean, really, sometimes people do need a little kick in the pants to sure. start shit, man. Like it's. It can be like a little bit of motivation can go a long way. Yeah. Like I love consuming positive stuff online because it really does feed your mind on like, it's like they say you don't need to, you need to bathe every day. So you need positive stuff, affirmations right. every day to, you know, to keep going. Raul, do you subscribe to that uh, faith every day? <laughs> Man, I was just about to talk about that. Thank you. Yeah. Um, I wasn't sure it was every day. I thought it was every third day. But yeah. you know what? Let, I'll be right back, guys. I'm going to go. Uh, oh, man. Yeah. No one of my clothes smell. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's awesome, man, that you're really doing that stuff and you're making Memphis better. And that's, a, I, I'm not even from Memphis, but I love Memphis. I moved here when I was 12, but uh, it's, it, I, you know, it's pretty much my home now. And so I love to see people that are trying to, you know, make their city better. It's it's an awesome time to be here. Um, there's plenty of folks to network with. I mean, you guys see it every day of how many folks do you meet in the downtown area that are just awesome people to get to know yeah. and to hear their stories and uh, connect with. Um, that's where I think the real Memphis is, is that that social network that's that's live, that's, mm-hmm. that, that's real people. Um, as the infrastructure grows, as things things more people get here i think you may may lose that but there's a lot of yeah. key people here that uh you know you just need to get out there and meet yeah there's some real like uh core people and that's one like you're saying that like the the beauty about memphis being like a little big city mm-hmm. is that you can go into a place and you know a bunch of people but then like if you go to a place in nashville it's a bunch of you know yeah hundreds of people in there yeah. you don't know when, so you lose a little bit of that little town feel when i when i first got the deli um you know i had 
had friends and acquaintances. Yeah. Um, that uh, some were business owners and whatnot. But I can tell you the people that spoke to me, reached out to me, and just wanted to let me know they were happy to see me in the restaurant scene. Mm-hmm. They were wanting to know what they could do to help. And they have like helped me through, I can't tell you, you know, countless uh, situations where, you know, uh, Michael Patrick has been there to uh, help me out with a bunch of stuff. He's a beautiful um, person. Aldo, um, Sean Danko, uh, a lot of folks yeah. that are just willing to help. And that's pretty awesome. That's You wouldn't think they would want to help because, like, they own a business. And sure. You're taking away from sure. them. Fuck it's you. Like, you it's know, like, like, wait a minute. This doesn't fit our, uh, yeah. our traditional Let's thinking about competition. Yeah. 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 I see what you're saying. I think that's what people need to get away from, that mentality that just because somebody's doing something like I'm doing, that they're competition. Sure. Because you can help each other out. Like, you guys all are serving food, but it might be your cost. You can... Tell your customer to go there, check it out for dessert or something yeah. later on. And and real estate was that release for me. Yeah. Um, it was uh when you when you're in construction, um, you know, you can't help but think. Um, you know, you drive by a place and um you know, I'd go see a, a apartment complex and they're redoing all the stuff there. It's like, man, why didn't I get that why didn't I get that job? Why why wasn't I out there? Oh I could do this better, that better. Yeah. yeah. And um with real estate, it was man, it was what's good for your neighbor is good for you. Yeah. And that's, that's what was uh, good mentally for me to uh, get into more of that yeah. kind of business. Yeah. There's, like I said, there's just um, the community thing of people helping out each other. It's, it needs to be strong. You know, um, talking about that, there's a place in Cordova called Cox meat market and it's small. <laughs> okay. As you know you what? It. C-O-X. Oh, okay. okay. <laughs> Not cock, man. Not cock. I said cox. Well, never mind. It sounds the same. What, <laughs> what were you? No. <laughs> listen, listen. So, is it a gay bar? It's a, it's a, it's a meat shop. Like, it's like a deli. <laughs> That's a bad name. Okay. That's the guy's last name or something, I guess. Okay. But uh, we were just talking about community and people spreading the word and stuff like that, right? The Memphis Sandwich Click, they have people that go oh, there yeah. and eat there all the time. And yeah. dude, his business, I mean, his that was about to close, I think. Really? Yeah. Like, I mean, he's like, hey, do you need anything this week, man, for me? He's like, uh, no, can you like, Maybe pick up the spear, you think? I was like, oh, we don't want to give you cash back. We probably put it back in your account. Mm-hmm. So you might as well just keep it. And now, I mean, like, he had like three more people back there to help him in the kitchen. It's just booming because everyone's, hey, we eat breakfast sandwiches here. And, you know, it's just spreading because of that of that group. If that group didn't wasn't around, he probably would be out of business. Sure. Yeah. The internet's a beautiful thing, man. It's like, it's giving so many people opportunities to do stuff that they possibly couldn't have done. Like even like Airbnb. Yeah, you know, and I th- I think that it, uh, it for me it, it kind of levels out the playing field somewhat. Mm-hmm. Where um, you can still be that huge company, the 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 juggernaut that has all the money to spend on the advertising and do that kind of thing. Yeah, but you can also be the the mom and pop that can hit these blogs and can hit these podcasts and can hit yeah. these other things that they really need. Yeah, and um. You know, it, it's been a cool thing to watch over time. That's awesome. And I do like when people share like a tag. Like, oh, yeah, I would ate my sandwich here. And then people are like, I'm going to go try it out. And then it just goes, been man, and eat local, shop local kind of mentality, you know. And like, I think Memphis really does believe in that. Do you know what they're doing down there by on, is it Mud Island? The, uh, with the, like the River Park 
down that part? I haven't uh, seen uh, much into that. See, I don't know what you could do. That. Like, it seemed like it always floods over there. So I don't know. Like, Do you know what I'm talking about down there? Where the sign is? The no, sign? no, not not that part. I'm talking about actually on uh, the island. If you go over the bridge. Oh. I was, and to the right, I think over there, kind of like where the St. Jude stuff's going on. I'm not sure. Mm. So what are they doing in the Pinch District? Oh, it's going to be, oh. Yeah, big, big development plans there. Uh, and I think that they've... Have you seen any construction going on there? I, know I haven't did. been down there in a while. Yeah, but um, I think that they are either readying or uh, getting close to doing uh, some construction there. Just a big redevelopment, um, probably like hotels and stuff like that. I think it's going to be everything: really? office space, um, St. Jude expansions happening, mm-hmm. um, and the uh, complete. Uh, you know, you need people down there. Yeah, uh, really, truly, uh, I think it's lacking uh, pretty significantly in housing, and I think that that's where the spillover is gonna gonna happen there. Uh, for for a long while, the the highlight's been on South Main, and yeah. kind of gets there. It's bled over a bit into yeah. the uh, core right now, and I think that the spillover is gonna happen uh, over into the pinch. What do you think about the one bill? I think that it's gonna be a pretty awesome structure. Yeah, because I know they've been talking about that forever. Like 20 years, I mean, it feels like. Like, uh, I know at least since, like, 2009 I heard about it. And uh, it, I drove down there recently, and it looks like it's going to be pretty massive. Yeah, they... Well, uh, every time, yeah, every time I drive by, it looks like they've done so much more. Like, every week, it's like, damn, they did all that shit already? Like, yeah, it's it's starting to really take shape. And that's that's good good thing to hear. Because um, we talked about it earlier. How, how, how much have we heard about yeah. these great development <laughs> plans and... Oh, they wow you with these drawings, and this yeah. is great. We put city money behind it, and we're waiting on the construction. So what is your rest of your goals for uh, 2020? So 2020, um, I am looking to um, at least uh, double uh, the Airbnb portfolio. Okay. So I need to have 30 units uh, under my belt uh, there. Uh, I am looking to hit, um, man, ideal would be $15 million for the construction company. Okay. Hell yeah. Um, I would like to finish out the year in the um, apartments at a uh, 92% uh, economic occupancy on those. Um, And I would like to be, um, I would like to have all exotic cars that I've got currently paid off Mm -hmm. or sold by the end of the year. So that business is definitely going away from your portfolio. <laughs> I mean, that's you know, it's no doubt. Maybe. Maybe. I'm not going to be happy about that. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe. What does an oil change cost for a Lamborghini? Uh, about 250 bucks. Okay. Yeah. It's, I, for some reason, I thought it was like a grand or something. Yeah, like I'll that. do it for a grand. Uh, if you when when you get yours, <laughs> yeah, I'll, hey, I'll, Tony, I'll, I'll, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but is not the maintenance a lot for those vehicles though? Uh, it, it is, and depending on. What you do, and that's that'll really dictate um, how long a lot of people keep their vehicles. Yeah. And what they do, they do it at intervals, and um, you know it can be. Uh, it doesn't have to be bad. Uh, you, you, there are cars out there that you can pretty much figure on what that's going to be. Okay, um, and a lot of a lot of blogs and a lot of things on advising. Hey, this is what you expect at this mile mark, and everything. Okay. So. Um, you can you can you can get by with some stuff. Okay. Uh, do you have any more questions? I have one for question. Like, 
I don't know if you know anybody this has happened to or not, but like when you see something that's being built and then it, nothing's happened for a long time, I'm pretty like those people probably ran out of money or something like that, or the funding got taken away or something. That like, can another company go in and buy what they did and just finish off the job and still get paid? So um, a few different things can happen. Uh, there's a development in Germantown in which a um, uh, Mid America's out there. Uh, it's commercial development, and on the backside, you know, you just see this kind of an open structure, uh, and it's like, man, they threw up the front building super quick, mm-hmm. got it going, and this back is just looks like it's stalled. Yeah, and then you know, you end up seeing a article in the paper there that. I mean, everybody was wondering what's happening with this thing. Well, the contractor, I uh, believe out of Ohio, went bankrupt, oh, and okay. it was just such a shock to everybody that mm-hmm. you have this kind of market and you don't think about your contractor going uh, yeah. going bankrupt there. <laughs> uh, so I think that they, you know, the important thing for the banks is that they want to make sure that all liens get cleared um, with that stuff. That the new development plan. Uh, is saying, hey, this is plan B, this is who we've got, and they're really going to vet that stuff to make sure they ain't coming back to the table again. Yeah. Um, so I think that it I think that it happens. I think that there's a lot of things out there. There's uh, Things have been so much on the upside that I don't think you see it as much. Yeah. But uh, just wait for the downturn, and it, you'll see it all over. I'm all sure. right. You've been to Moondance, right? I have. You know right across the where the parking lot is, like where you can get your valet? Yeah. There's like an empty lot right there. I saw them putting up like a little, like a little mini fence around it with like the yarn, not the yarn, but like a cover, so you can't see in it. Right. What's gonna be there? I saw apartments, but then some guy that is the third ma- manager or something like, man, those people ain't doing shit. They ain't done shit. And like, we don't know what happened. Yeah. Um, well, if you want some real entertainment, uh, you can get onto the uh, Germantown Bulletin board and see all the. Uh, you know, cat fights on there about apartments, <laughs> about where you put your shopping cart. Um, oh, it's really? a real, um, you know, Germantown esque uh, type did, of type of stuff. Going I on did there. see something about that. I don't know if it was on the from the Germantown Bulletin, but where the Care Force Center is, you know, can make apartments and mixed use over there. And they're all like, "No, we don't want apartments in Germantown." Blah blah blah. And then all everyone's bitching. But like, oh, they have to have the restaurant on the bottom or something, or like shops on the bottom, something like that. Yeah. And they're like, "We don't want apartments. We don't want this." And the guy was like, "Well, they're gonna be condos, and they're gonna be like four hundred fifty thousand, and you know, they're gonna start at like three fifty, and they can go all the way to like." Like seven hundred, those aren't apartments. Trying to explain them to the people, yeah. and people are like just like not listening to that, like at all. That's a really expensive apartment, motherfucker. Like you want that, right? So, <laughs> you know, like, are there a lot of businesses coming to Memphis that you know of? Well, that's uh, that's kind of a a question that I think it's got to get answered. Yeah, a lot of these folks, um, you know, you're gonna. When when you see developments happen there of uh, let's take uh, Fraser for instance mm-hmm. where we've seen uh, you know they're building houses in Fraser I didn't uh, even know that yep uh, shout out to uh, Steve Lockwood who is uh, heading that up uh, for the uh, Fraser community uh, there's a few other builders there uh, doing as well um, but you've also got a bunch of apartments getting renovated mm-hmm. things that are buying they're selling um, it, it, we are moving out of this mentality of um, slumlording yeah. uh, is kind of getting pushed out of that area there. Okay. Um, and well, where did it all come from? Where are all these people coming from? Well, yeah. Somewhat the people were there, but now they've got jobs. Yeah. Right. You got the Nike factory that's uh up and going and doing, mm-hmm. and then right behind that you've got the uh, Amazon facility that's, oh, okay. uh, that's coming be in. Huge dude. And that's where 
um, all those things tie together. Yeah. And uh, that's what makes a, a market great. Wow. I heard that they're going to pay those Amazon people, the ones that can be working there, the minimum, the minimum wage of that place is going to be like $15. That's a lot of money, man. For some people don't know, have never made that in their lifetime. Think yeah. about being like sure. eighteen year old kid, and when we were eighteen, when I was eighteen, I was making like five fifty an hour working at Abercrombie. You know, like this triple that. You know, I like think I saw was something. that when you were modeling there at Abercrombie? <laughs> <sighs> I think I saw something though. It said yes. that most people, it was like sixty percent of people, don't make forty thousand dollars a year or something like that. So, like what you're saying about that fit, I know that's not uh, forty thousand dollars a year, but it's still better than what seven twenty five or whatever. Sure, minimum I think it's seven fifty, but yeah, one hundred percent, man, it's double. Yeah, like people can like people will actually be able to afford shit and spend money, you know, on not just not just making money to live. They sure. can actually make money to enjoy life. Well, you know, like not just pay their bills. One of the important things that I was seeing uh, as we're you know redeveloping a lot of these apartments here is you know. I can and I can show you guys some videos of what you're going to be walking into in an existing apartment complex, yeah. uh, typical for that area there, where you've got you know mold there, you've got leaking toilets, you've got um, just things that are broken. Mm. And imagine going home to that every day. You got yeah. got a great great uh, you know pad here, and you yeah. feel good about it. Imagine what that does to your psyche. Yeah. And you know, day in day out, you're working every day, and how do you feel? You know, do you, are you going to feel great that you're working this many hours or whatever it is, and then you got to come home to this? Yeah. And so I think that it's going to hopefully uh, provide you know a, a bit more um, positive energy to that area for the people that are working there, the people that are living there, and create more of a sense of uh, community there. Yeah. Yeah, I really think that, uh, like you said, if you have to come home to shit, you're going to feel like shit. You know, like, and I wonder if it's just a lack of education or, or what it is that some people that that think that's normal. Right. You know, like they think that, uh, is this the best that it's, that yeah, it like, it's, it, like, you know, there's people that have never left their street pretty much, Sure. you know, they don't see anything outside of that. So if you can get people some hope, like if they start seeing something coming up and they see people living in a better area and might want, you know change their mentality a little bit. And I I think that that's what, um, you know, I I go down to environmental court, represent a lot of owners and um, work with uh, Judge Dandridge and Danny Shafson. Um, They are really doing some awesome things for uh, blighted properties Mm -hmm. and places that need uplift. And so they're getting really aggressive to um, rehab these properties, get them rent ready, get people in them and move on from them. Yeah. And so hopefully uh, there's going to be some people that make some money focusing in on that. Mm-hmm. And there's going to be some communities that really um, get some benefit of not having two boarded up houses on either side of you. Yeah. And so um, that'll hopefully bring up the neighborhoods and bring up the folks there. Yeah. Cause I know they say like sometimes like those boarded up houses and stuff just bring crime to the area. Sure. You know, people, do drugs there are drugs home, there drug houses you know, they kill people like homeless ocean. people yeah. like break into them to yeah. like stay inside it's not getting rained on and stuff like um, another area of Memphis that's really big is coming was coming up a lot really fast right now is Big Hampton yeah dude that's I drove down to Tillman the other day it, it, they knocked down Tillman Cove completely now they're digging up the sewer and all that stuff because they have to redo all that stuff over there 
dude, it, that, that, that mixed property they're putting up there, it's going to be humongous, dude. Yeah. It's going to be huge for that area. Yeah, I think there's a lot of good things happening in this city. Uh, would you ever open up a bar? No. No? No. But I uh, would love to be the landlord of, <laughs> of, of somebody, that has of a one. bar that you guys open up. Oh. Uh, yeah. I, th- I think that the... You know that industry's tough. Yeah, um, there's a lot of guys uh, that that do it well mm-hmm. uh, here in Memphis, and um, it's it's not for the uh, faint of heart or guys that are looking for easy money. Because, like you did say, you made a key thing like you want to be the landlord because they don't own the building. Yeah. So like they're always have to pay rent and stuff Man. like that and keep customers coming in. That's one thing. Sorry, I'm just, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, go ahead. Uh, that's one thing I wish I didn't sell the building or my business, my store. I don't know why y'all did that. That was prime location. Well, we also had to sell it because they weren't going to buy it unless because the offer was for land and property and business. So if the property wasn't included, they were going to walk. Yeah. And my parents were like, "Well, fuck." They're just ready to be. They done. were ready to be done. You know, yeah. they've made they've made plenty in that neighborhood. You know, they were like, we have more than enough for all three children to split. You know, that's what that's that's yeah. what they started thinking about. Do we really need to keep the property because we have more than enough money to give our three children? So there's no need for it. And yeah, they cut it. But now the people are coming back to my parents. They hey, you know, why don't you come back and buy this from us because it's not working for us. Do they not know what's going on over there? Uh. They see what's going on because, you know, they put bike lane on Tillman all the way up and down now. Yeah. And, like, you know, they know what's going on, but they just don't want the business anymore. Would they lose money, though? Oh, of course. My parents told them, we're not paying you what you paid us. Yeah. You know, we probably, if we buy it, we're just going to buy it. And just sit on it? Just sit on it. We'll keep it open as a store because the people that work, they don't lose their jobs. But yeah. we're never going to be there. No one, I mean, Raul will be there, but that's about it. You know, like. Sounds like not a bad idea to me. Yeah. But, like. Because two of our employees, old employees, still work there, mm-hmm. and you know we would let that people that run or running the business for them, the owners, new owners, stay there too. That way, we don't have to be there either, kind yeah. of thing, you know. Because really, we just there for the fucking property yeah. at the end of the day, you know. Wow, I don't want to tie you up too much, John, but uh, what was your advice for people? Advice for people in uh, just in life and in business, man. Uh, just focus in on enjoying folks around you, mm-hmm. um, living the life that you want to live, uh, leaving the life that you want to leave, and um, making the best of uh, of whatever situations that are out there. Uh, we've been in countless situations. It's not always sunshine and rainbows, uh, but uh, thankful to be where we are, yeah. being alive today, and being in an awesome city. That's beautiful. Well said. Well, uh, I appreciate you being on here today, John. And uh, find us on all the podcast apps. And uh, we love you lots. Bye. Thank you.